Craig Hoffman. I was 13. I was fresh off my bar mitzvah. I've always wanted to go to a bar mitzvah. I know a decent amount of Jews, too. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. The Hoffman Show. I actually think Anthony would be great at a bar mitzvah. I do, too. Just out there on the dance floor teaching kids new stuff. But, like, the kind of stuff that you want kids to learn. <laughs> I think that's right. On bucket list. Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> On the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Black Bar Mitzvahs. Mozart is a celebration. It's Hoffman Show, hour number three here on the Team 980. We're always live, of course, as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Back in D.C. after a great week in Indianapolis, but uh, as, as we said throughout the show, brought plenty of goodies home with us. A couple conversations this hour from Indianapolis. Uh, I almost said from Las Vegas. Uh, one's kind of from Las Vegas. That one coming up at the bottom of the hour. My guy Q Myers, your boy Q, uh, if you're an ESPN radio late night listener. Um, he hosts Game Night, their national show overnights. Uh, but that is after, he's a two show a day kind of guy. Uh, he hosts Afternoon Drive on Raider Nation Radio uh, where he talks all things Las Vegas Raiders and that included a very long conversation with Antonio Pierce this week um, and and some very blunt comments from AP over the course of the last couple of weeks and throughout kind of this whole process about Jaden Daniels and just how much the Raiders love him. Um, and so I wanted to talk to Q about the possibility of a trade up to two to get Jaden Daniels uh, with, with Washington. What would that look like? Um, we're we're going to have him play Tom Telesco, and I'll play Adam Peters. Uh, I, will, I will say, as we had this conversation, obviously, earlier in the week when I was still in Indy, it wasn't a very tough negotiation um, because what the Raiders have to offer is, is immense and is really um, enticing. But at the end of the day, um, it's going to come down to whether Washington likes these quarterbacks uh, or is willing to move out, and that's going to depend on, again, that, that quarterback evaluation. What do they actually think of Drake May? So your boy Q, a.k.a. my boy Q, coming up at 6.30. Uh, right now, though, uh, another great conversation from there in Indianapolis, a guy who I've been lucky enough to know for a long time, thanks to the uh, the Newhouse Mafia, as we call it, another Syracuse guy. Uh, Andrew Siciliano, uh, NFL Network, he's a, he's a D.C. guy or D.C. area guy, uh, not to make... Uh, those that are from from the district too upset. Uh, he's a Reston, Virginia native, but grew up huge, huge Washington fan, um, and, and and guy who's been around this area a long time knows it well. His family still lives here, um, so pays close attention to what's going on in D.C. But he also has a really interesting perspective um, as not only as a guy who hosts nationally and covers all thirty two teams for NFL Network, um, but is someone who lives in L.A. and and has been front row for the Caleb Williams experience this past couple of years. Um, Andrew leads the uh, the senior bowl coverage for NFL Network down in Mobile every year, so he's got a really great feel for a lot of the prospects, or really all the prospects that went there. He calls that game play-by-play. Um, he's around the Rams a lot because he does their preseason play-by-play. So um, he's got a great perspective, uh, and he's he's got so many different uh, things. I think he also does the Browns radio play-by-play, so like Andrew's, Andrew's just a football guy uh, inside and out. Always enjoy chatting with him. Last year, he crashed uh, my interview with Sam Fortier. This year, it's just Andrew and I as planned one-on-one uh, so here's that chat from earlier the week in Indianapolis what's up man how are you Greg, good to see how you. are you good to see you a, a, a combine tradition here yes yeah 
I had 48 yesterday. So last year, we just we just merged that all into one. So I'm just checking all my Syracuse boxes. Look at that. Here you go. I mean, there's. Uh, can we find you more SU guys? Who else is here? Yeah, I saw Thamel walking around. Thamel, okay. He had his big uh, Caleb Williams story this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, who else? There's there's guys everywhere. It's the nature of things. You know, we're just there's a lot of us. What can there, I say? There there are a lot of us. <laughs> yes. So uh, last year when we talked, you know, is you know, is is the team going to get sold, or really more, who is it going to get sold sure. to? And you think of uh, kind of where the the team is now. Everything's football. Everything's this number two pick. The, the, the fortunes of the franchise could not be more different, but this is a fairly important decision they have to make with what to do with number two. As we sit here today on the end of February at the Combine, like where, where do you think that they head, and, and is there any like must in your opinion, whether it's they must stay there and take a quarterback, they must do this, they must do that? L let me ask you this, and I'm not trying to answer a question with a question, but I'm going to. Okay. Um, what would you give up to move to one? Honestly, not much. Not much. Like okay, then you're not going to move. Yeah, then, yeah. Then you're I, I think I think the swings and the draft capital are more enticing. But that also has to do with like the risk I think that is involved in Caleb versus what's the risk? He does, there's just not a lot on schedule on tape, and sure. I I am. But do you realize how bad that line is? It's not good, and yeah, you would know you, better than and me. And do you do you realize that he had to score 50 points a game because the defense was that bad? I, yeah, I think he's really good. I just, I wonder, like here's, so here's, we should just flush out this discussion because I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of weeks and you're a good guy to, to flush this out with, right? Everyone wants Mahomes because of course everyone wants Mahomes. Sure. He's not Mahomes. Right. That's unfair to anyone. But, and, but I tend to there think. There are some similarities. But I, I guess what I would say then is if you're not going to get Pat, who's one of one, are you better off going the 49ers method of let's build out everything okay and at that point multiple draft picks over multiple years is more important than one singular quarterback let me ask you this what if he were josh allen how many super bowls does he have how okay. many super bowl appearances does he have Do, if i could tell you and this is all hypothetical he, right he's not his name is caleb williams he's neither of those people sure right if i could tell you that you can get Josh Allen, would you make that move? Do, do you remember what the Bills gave up to move up to Sam? I don't remember what right. they gave up. No, that's my point. Nobody ever remembers what it is you give up if you get sure. the guy. But, and to be clear, you know, I would take Josh Allen in a heartbeat. Exactly. You remember, everyone in Cleveland remembers what the Browns gave up for Deshaun Watson because the fan base isn't sure yet if he's the guy. Right. But they went and did that because they saw Patrick Mahomes and they saw Josh Allen and they saw Lamar Jackson and they went, we need to go get the guy. And this is who we think it is, and so we're going to go all in. If they think he's the guy, then go get him. Now, you have to have a willing participant in Chicago who's going to do it. You know, I think the commanders are in, are in a, I want to say a difficult position. But, look, they're not in a bad position. No. Like, if the answer is Drake May, I think Drake May is going to be a good quarterback. Now, there are plenty of people that go, yes, but there's a gap between him and Caleb. But is Drake May worthy of being the second overall pick? Absolutely. Leapin'lutely, and I think he can be a transformational piece for this franchise. And you don't have to do anything; you just sit there and you wait, and you have your extra draft capital from, um, you know, Chase Young or whomever, right? right? And and you 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 keep building. And I guess that's the kind of the 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 crux of this theory here is like: Are you better 
hitting a B, B-plus, let's say, in Drake May, mm-hmm. and whatever other pieces that you would have to give up to turn that B-plus into an A, and know that, like, then the there's, I don't say an undue burden, but there's a much higher burden on Caleb Williams because you don't have as many pieces to support him. It, it, it's a fascinating theoretical and hypothetical and, and, and structural conversation. Like, I'm going to lean on, on my guy Daniel Jeremiah, um, who, who is the best of the best, and he will always quote Ozzie Newsom from when he worked with the Ravens, saying, hey, man, in the first round, I, I, I don't need to hit home runs. I need to keep hitting doubles. If I hit a, like, if all our first-round picks are doubles, we're going to be great. And that, that is great. But when you're picking a quarterback at two, you have to hit a home run. If you don't, it sets your franchise back right. years and years. And I guess that's kind of years. That's kind of my thing is like if you have to hit a home run, I at think two, Dra- I think Drake May can be a home run. Well, then what do you have to like? You have to hit a grand slam then if you trade up to one. Correct. Yeah. Are there enough guys on base? No, I think we yeah, now well, we've lost look, the analogy. It, see, it, it's it's. I think the commander's conversation is oddly enough a, a little bit more complex than the Bears conversation. Everyone thinks it's like this binary choice between Fields and Caleb Williams. I don't think it is. Like, I think you could trade both. Like, I, I don't disagree with think, that, by Think the about, way. like, if, if Drake May is a home run, why don't you trade Justin Fields? I'll make up compensation, a two and a five, okay? Maybe, maybe it's a three and a five, and the three can go to a two, something like that. And then trade one, like move down to two. Sure. Let's say you can get two ones to do that hypothetically and you get drake may and that bonanza like to me that's door number three for ryan poles that the fans in chicago just aren't grasping now i don't know if ryan i mean take stones to do that right it would take huge see this is this is kind of the whole thing with all of and andrew siciliano nfl network is our guest um this is kind of the thing that is the crux of all of this is in order for one of these trades to happen, there needs to be a disagreement between the two teams involved on the value of the player that is being traded up for, right? Because if, if Washington thinks the Caleb Williams is Pat, then there's almost nothing you wouldn't give up. Correct. But if Chicago thinks Caleb Williams is Pat, there's no price that you could pay. Correct. So there's got to be a disconnect somewhere. Yes. I, I, I think, now I am firm in believing this, the Bears should trade Justin and reset the quarterback clock financially organizationally is the only thing that makes sense because and this is what people in chicago the fans and 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 listen i love that they love justin and i love that they want to defend justin but here's what they're not getting and i don't know if they're being asked this for this thought experiment but if you keep justin okay let's say you trade the pick and let's say let's say you move down to eight it's ridiculous but let's say atlanta moves up right right and, and you go to eight and and you then you're not taking a quarterback there you're keeping justin you're doing whatever are you ready to pay him now Right. He is entering year four. Right. Okay, so this is the window. After year three, you got to Which is, by the now, way, why I don't want Washington to trade for him, even though I like Justin Fields a lot. Yes. You'd have to pay him. Right. Um, now, you could do what the Dolphins did. That was unique with Tua and the concussions. They punted on that, and they're heading into year five now. Now they're going to pay him. It worked out okay for them. Um, but the contract begins at Daniel Jones. That's where it begins. Right. So are you ready? And by the way, you're probably not getting an un- another unprecedented cap spike next year to make that more palatable. Right. So are you ready to pay minimum 40, realistically 45 to 50, 
for Justin Fields and make a nine-figure commitment, guarantee, tomorrow to Justin Fields. You could wait a year. You could. But if you're going to pass up on number one and keep him, I mean, you're getting married, right? Like You're making the commitment. Right. Right. So are you ready to pay Justin Fields that money? And Bears fans, like, do you love him that much? And I like him. But do you love him that much that you're going to make a nine-figure guarantee? And by the way, you better than draft Marvin Harrison. Yes. And that, so that's... Or, or... Olu Fashanu or Alt Joe Alt or Roma Dinze, yeah. whoever it is that you like the best. Right. That so the, Harrison is the other guy that is looming over this draft that I think is interesting, and it does seem like the gap between a Dunze, Harrison, and uh, Malik Neighbors has has shrunk a little yeah. bit. Um, but if Harrison is like a generational talent. Mm-hmm. That is something that becomes harder to pass up, and I also wonder if that throws a monkey wrench because we all just assume that it's going to be Caleb Drake jaded in some order, one, two, three. But does someone take the leap and go, you know what's also really good for a quarterback? A Hall of Fame receiver. And we think that Marvin Harrison is that guy. As you talk to people around the league, like, is there anyone going like, hey, don't forget about, don't forget about Harrison? So I, I think Marvin can get into the top three at three. If the Patriots bring in a veteran quarterback, wait for it, like Justin Fields. Right. Like if you're the if you're the Patriots, do you flip a two to the Bears and say we'll take Justin Fields and then you don't even have to go Marvin Harrison, you can go Joe Alt at three if you really wanted to. Sure. Right? I, and that's where I think it gets interesting is if let's say the Patriots get a veteran quarterback don't feel the need to take a quarterback at three, then do they stick or are they now in the business of getting out and somebody comes up? Everyone's like, well, it's about the fourth quarterback. Like, is J.J. McCarthy the fourth quarterback? And, um, like, I can't remember. I had on uh, one of the PFF guys that I'm blanking um, on a couple of weeks ago who said J.J. McCarthy doesn't own the draft but basically said J.J. McCarthy is determining this draft. Yeah. I'm like, what? And then he made the good point. So once the top three go, in the top three in all likelihood, if J.J. McCarthy is the fourth and his stock... Which we'll know by the end of the weekend. It might, yeah. Because if he goes out and runs a low four fives and comes in at 215 and all that and rips the ball and the drills. And if his stock keeps going up, then does someone, look, Denver, whomever, feel they need to trade up and get into the top ten and then just mess everything up to get him. Yeah. I'm not giving you any solid answers. I'm just talking in circles here because I don't have an answer. I don't know. Andrew, this is what we do for three hours every day. I don't know what the – look, I I think the commanders could very easily sit there, take take Drake May, and just be happy and keep building. We're we're in silly season. Nobody knows anything. We're expected to do these shows with some sort of certainty, and the reality is none of us know anything. Like, I think if commanders fans just went down a YouTube hole – like and watched some of the throws Drake May makes. Sure, they're all there. You're going. I want that guy. Right, but like, so this is this is the. I will apologize to the listeners because they have heard this before. But for for your background, I made a huge mistake in the QB evals because I accidentally, with no background at all, just picked random games to start watching, and I think I watched one of Caleb's worst games. Mm -hmm. I watched Drake's actual worst game, and I watched Jaden Daniels' best game. 
So I'm like, I don't know. Daniel seems like that. He should be the guy that's QB1. Um, it does feel, though, this week as uh, people are doing more than watching one game and random having, you know, having small sample sizes, that the actual professionals that are paid to do this are doing it. It does seem like May at two is solidifying in a way that is very different than it, it was trending at the end of the season. Are you hearing the same uh, yeah, things? Yeah, I, I, I think, think so. I mean, look, I think at the end of the season, it's funny because if you go into last year, there were people that loved Drake May enough where, like, Bruce Feldman and I were talking about this in September. And because I knew Bruce had said this, we had the conversation off the air, and I said it on the air. I go, Bruce, are there teams that have Drake May ahead of Caleb Williams? And he said, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, people were blown away. Blown away. And that was 22 Sep- tape is yeah. sick. That was, that was in September. Now, I don't know that there are any of those teams now, and, and which makes no sense because Caleb seemingly took a step back this year. Right. I, I don't know that he did. Yeah. I, 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 I don't. I mean, are they really going to knock him because he had an emotional moment with his mother? In the Like, stop right. it. Just people... People want to take – look, we're, we're in the teardown season as well. Like, yes. go back to CJ last year. Yeah. We're in the teardown season, and I think people that want to tear Caleb down, it has nothing to do with him. Um, I think there is some legitimate uncertainty. Um, great article in The Athletic today about just the process behind it. You know, his dad – I think his dad wants to break the draft. I think that's the best way to say it. Um, and, and maybe this is a conversation for 10 years from now where – NIL money and players have bandied together and they fight the league and say we want free agency coming out of college look that we may have to cross that bridge in a decade I think Caleb Williams dad is a decade ahead of it though it's nothing's going to change and he's it's not like he's going to refuse to show up for the Bears no he's going to get like number one pick money's it's slotted but it's real good yeah and he also was paid really well at SC the last two years and that's the thing we're, we're drafting professionals now right how have you like? How do you think that sh- is actually, literally changing the draft? That reality of you're dealing with different young people than you were five years ago. Well, there, the last ten. There's there's two things. Number one, it changes the talent pool because plenty of players go back to school. Sure. Right. Like there were quarterbacks that could have been in this draft that chose to go get a payday in the transfer portal. Like, hey, I I might be a fourth round pick. I could go make good money and switch teams and play another year of college football and maybe boost my draft stock, Right? why wouldn't I stay here and get paid? Yeah, so it, it changes the talent pool. Um, and I do think it, it's it's an interesting personality study. I think it's um, because you always, and DJ has said this as well, like when you're analyzing a draft prospect, you, you always want to ask, like or any young person, how is this person going to handle success? How are they going to handle failure? How are they going to handle money? How are they going to handle being an adult in the real world? Well, you, you have more of a right. more of a sample size now because you know they're handling money and handling the real world. Andrew Siciliano, NFL Network, is with us. NFL Network's coverage all weekend, uh, of course, of the Indianapolis Combine, and then it continues that your draft coverage. Funny enough, it doesn't stop in Indianapolis. No, it starts in Mobile. Yes, famously. And, well, and honestly, free agency in, yeah. on March 11th as well. That's that's the next big event on the calendar after yep. this. So uh, you can watch all that uh, all the way through the draft and, and NFL 24/7, 365. That's why you guys exist. Uh, so the other. I think one of the other interesting things that we're kind of running out of time uh, on uh, in terms of the, the, this draft is like the COVID year stuff mm-hmm. 
is finally wrapping up. Yeah, you have six year. You have yeah. a lot of six year guys. I'm sure draft. this was had to be a topic at the Senior Bowl, and you also have then the looming draft class next year, which specifically the quarterback position does not look strong for now. How is that? Which of course, yeah, right. But how is that impacting? the draft this year I, I joked at the senior bowl it's actually the senior bowl like they're all really right. old yeah um not everyone but there are a lot of six-year guys right in the senior bowl famously Jaden daniels who wasn't at the senior bowl right but he played with brandon Ayuk, and sure you know, you've got all these guys that were in the same high school class as guys who were signing second contracts I mean, sam hartman's nickname in the notre dame locker room was grandpa right right and with that beard i mean he looked like the guy from the what's you know, or the just for men commercial from the nineties, right? I mean, he 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 looks like, you know, Michael McDonald singing. Anyway, I digress. Um, it is an older draft class, I think. So it used to be this thing. Well, we want the twenty-year-old player, right? Right. We're not going to draft like Baker Mayfield's too old. Uh, look at Michael Penix. I mean, look at yeah. Sam Hartman. Look at I mean, all these older Bo. quarterbacks. Bo. I mean, Bo, Bo Nick started 61 games in college. It's crazy. So um, I think the league has to get over, especially when it comes to quarterback, the age thing. They have to. It, it's, just, it's just a fact. Caleb is young. The other guys are not. Um, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Sione Vaki, who is a safety at Utah. Fascinating player. Um, he actually played both ways. He was a, he's a safety. He's also a third down back. Oh. Like the guy ran. He guy scored like 10 touchdowns, ran for 600 yards, caught 40 passes, and picked off couple of passes and made 70 tackles like nice. fascinating two-way player yeah. he went on a mormon mission and then came out after two years so he's a true sophomore but with the mission he was one of the younger players at the senior bowl even though he had been in college or out of four years out of high school you would think yeah. no, no, he was one of the younger players because there were so many six-year guys it used to be the kid that went on the mission was right. the really old kid in the draft. Right. He's the young guy That's at the Senior Bowl. So it's changed a lot. Um, I think teams just have to get over it. At, at certain skill positions, you'd prefer young, but it's just not always going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Siliano, NFL Network. Uh, do it again, same time, same place next year? Sure, let's do it, Craig. Thanks again to Andrew Siciliano, NFL Network. Of course, NFL Network's coverage of the NFL Combine ongoing all weekend Long, uh, it's already underway today, uh, starts at one o'clock Saturday and Sunday. You heard Palacero earlier in the show, Lance Zerline earlier in the week, uh, and there's Siciliano with us here on the Hoffman Show. We get back one final chat from Indianapolis. Q Myers, Raider Nation Radio, their afternoon drive host. We sat down and talked about the possibility for the Raiders and Commanders to make a trade for that number two pick and why Antonio Pierce is so in love with Jaden Daniels. And here's, the, I think, the important part. Does it matter? Like, he's the head coach, not the GM. Q has all the answers next on the Hoffman Show. It's the Hoffman Show. Final half hour here on the Team 980. We are always live on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. And if you are not subscribed on YouTube or to our podcast feed, there's so much for you to catch up on. Uh, unless you just listen live every single day, all three hours. What a week it's been. All the interviews from out in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, one final one for you coming up in about 60 seconds. But we've had uh, Andrew Siciliano, uh, Tom Pellicero, 
Um, we had uh, Lance Zerline from NFL.com on set. Matt Miller and Jordan Reed from ESPN. Uh, great local coverage from Sam Fortier, Nikki Javala, Ben Standing, JP Finley, Mitch Tischler. Like, it's all up on YouTube. It's all in our podcast feed. So however it is that you prefer to watch or listen to the show on demand, make sure you check it out at the Team 980, at Craig Hoffman, or search The Hoffman Show in your favorite podcast app. All right, final conversation from Indianapolis is uh, I, he on the radio goes by your boy Q. Uh, he's my boy, though. We've known each other for a long time, so we'll talk about it off the top of this interview, but he hosts Afternoon Drive, Raider Nation Radio, uh, out in Las Vegas. He also hosts nationally on ESPN Radio. Uh, here's my chat about the potential for a Raiders-Commanders trade with Q Myers, Raider Nation Radio. On Radio Row in Indianapolis with the busiest guy in <laughs> Indy. He's literally the first guy here and the last guy out. Q Myers, who I've God, how long have we known each other? We've been rocking for a while, man. A while. I was in Central Texas. Yeah, Yeah, I think you were in Dallas at first, right? Yeah. Yeah. You guys would have me on as kind of NFC East guy when I was in doing the beat job. And and now here we are. Look at us uh, on Radio Row in Indianapolis. Uh, Q, host of Game Night on ESPN Radio, nationally weeknights. But for our purposes, uh, also host of Afternoon Drive on Raider Nation Radio in Las Vegas. Because this kind of, hey, let's do this on the air. Started when I was talking to you over at your table the other day yeah off air about like hey are the Raiders in the the trade-up market because obviously Washington at that second pick could be somewhere that they target uh as a potential trade-up so how like what what is that situation do you think in Las Vegas in terms of the the desire to trade up and specifically for a quarterback there's no doubt there's no doubt they're 100 in the market of wanting to trade up right i mean we talked to antonio pierce yesterday and he said i'm tired of band-aids this organization is tired of band-aids got to go and get a franchise quarterback get that guy whoever it could be now you know how it goes you have to have a dance partner you can't just say i'm going to trade with hey washington we're going to trade with you well, we don't want to trade. It doesn't matter. We're going to trade. Can't do that, right? right? It's so not, it's not Madden with uh, you know right. controls turned off. Exactly. Over, trade but override. The yes. desire is one hundred percent there, and it's funny. I was talking this morning when I got in, and you know, I was told, "Q, you know, if they want Jaden Daniels, which obviously there's the connection between Antonio Pierce. They he recruited him to Arizona State when when Jaden Daniels won the Heisman. He shouted out AP. So obviously, there's a, a tight bond there. He was in the locker room." following the Week 18 game, the victory over Denver at the end of the season. So they're, they're kind of in lockstep with each other. To get him, probably have to go up to number two. He's already creating a lot of buzz. Well, obviously, Washington sits at number two. Right. Um, so let's let's talk about that relationship because it's obviously super tight yeah. between AP and Jaden Daniels. But ultimately, Tom Telesco, the new general manager, comes over from the Chargers. Like, whose whose call is that? How how's the power dynamics there? And or is does it not matter because we think Telesco's on the same page as AP? I think Telesco's on the same page. But again, talking to AP, we spent about 25, 30 minutes with him yesterday, and a lot of a lot of good like little nuggets came out of that. And he kept mentioning that, hey, you know, I'm a guy that's a go-getter, right? You do what you got to do, go get that guy, right? He's all, that's Telesco's call, but he knows where I stand, right? So I think that there's no doubt about it that he wants him to do everything, exhaust every measure to go get his guy, Jaden Daniels, at, at, at number two, if, if, have to, if it has to be number two, right? I mean, most of us thought number three. Everyone was kind of targeting New England. All right, well, maybe they'll trade back because they're not ready to really take that next step. But it feels like with all the buzz here at the Combine that if you don't get up to number two, you might not get your guy. 
Yeah, it definitely is a might. I will say it does feel like the the tides have turned a little bit towards Drake May. Yes. Two for yes. Washington. Is yep. that like a sigh of relief in Las Vegas? I don't know. I mean, because I don't. Could be expensive I, as hell. <laughs> right. I, I don't know how much. I don't know how much is you know smokescreen. If it's real. I mean, I'm not super high on Drake May. I'm just not. I just you know I saw what he did last season, and you know I feel like that he's got you know a little bit to prove here at the combine, just in the interview process. I mean, you can turn on the film and see what it looks like I, and then you know there's the Cliff Kingsbury effect you know would he work better with Drake Mayer would he work better with Jaden Daniels and I just feel like after the combine Friday we'll talk to the guys you'll see them throw and obviously Jane's not throwing Drake's not throwing Caleb's not dro- throwing that's fine but I just feel like Caleb might, or uh, Jaden might come out of this this combine and people are like yeah you know what that, that could be even the number one overall pick even though we know Caleb's gonna be the guy yeah, uh, Q Myers, Raider Nation Radio, ESPN Radio with us here on the Hoffman Show. So let's say, you know, you, you get to play uh, Tom Telesco, I get to yeah. play Adam Peters, you give me a call, and I'm like, all right, hey, remind me, what draft capital you got? What what are we talking about here? What What's in the Raiders' stockpile? All right, so of course they're going to flop flop picks this year, right? 13, the Raiders have number 13, and, and Washington has number two. So then you throw in, what, a 2025 first-round pick, third-round pick, 2026 first round pick, maybe another third round pick. And I mean, if you got to throw a player in there as well, you want Hunter Renfro. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that there's yes, really. Yes, actually, that, that, that is someone I'm very interested in. Well, there you go. There you go, because he's really in no man's land in, 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 in Vegas with the Raiders. I mean, the guy went from 100 catches, 1,000 something yards to barely being on the field, right? 13 snaps why, a game. Why is that, by the way? Because that like, was a McDaniels thing. It started with McDaniels. AP tried to get him back involved, and it felt like he was just too far gone. But, you know, he, he got injured uh, one week against the Cardinals, I believe, in, in 2022, and just never seemed to work. And it's weird because he's a slot receiver, and McDaniels has always done really well with slot receivers, so what's wrong? But, well... Yeah, <laughs> didn't go well. Yeah, no, it didn't go well as McDaniel's got fired on Halloween. So there's that. Yeah, the the slot the slot position is one that I think Washington needs this offseason. Um, there you go. Obviously, in the draft is a way you could do it, or you could trade and get multiple first round picks and your slot receiver and not have to use one of this. Look, we just draft. made the deal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we just made the deal for him. I, I I will say this: like, I think there's a a very wise sentiment in Washington circles, fans, media, mm-hmm. et cetera, people that have sat in that chair this week that have gone, look, you need a quarterback. Yeah. How often are you going to pick a number two? Just take the freaking quarterback. Right. And that is, if, if that is how you feel, I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's crazy. My only caveat to that is, what do you think of the quarterbacks? Because if, if they think of Jaden Daniels or Drake May, frankly, right. um, what I think is irrelevant, what, if they think um, that that dude is that dude right you don't make that trade right if you're yeah. not that sure you're not convinced i'm taking your deal in a heartbeat bro. right for Give sure me, do you I, I got 13 this year in a you know kind of wacky but deep draft um or i should say wacky top heavy draft right um and by the way i got two for i can own potentially the next couple of years because i don't I, here would be the other part of this right how good do you think the, let's say they get Jaden daniels how good are the raiders next year They've got they've got a lot of weapons on offense. I mean, you've got you know Josh Jacobs. I'm, I'm assuming is going to return. AP's a big Josh Jacobs guy. Devontae Adams is there. Jacoby Myers played really well. The offensive line needs some work, but I think that the Raiders are are in a better position, a lot better position than they were obviously this year. And and with AP, they went five and four down the stretch so with the fourth round pick in in Aiden O'Connell leading the charge. Jaden Jaden Daniels is a huge upgrade. So. 
at that point you're thinking, okay, maybe it's not a super high pick, but I'd also, if I'm Adam Peters, I'm going, it is a rookie quarterback. Right. So, like, am I picking top 10 next year with this pick? And maybe in 2026 that first rounder is a little less enticing. But, you know, maybe at that point my first rounder is hopefully less enticing too. And I could, if I want someone higher, I can package the two and trade up. And on top of that, if you do get number 13 overall and maybe you like a Michael Penix, maybe you like a Bo Nix, maybe you like a J.J. McCarthy. And I'm not saying you do, but maybe, right? And so maybe that's an an option that you have. You also have a very deep offensive tackle uh, class. and, and what team doesn't need offensive tackle? Uh, Washington receiver. needs two of them. Right, exactly. So, I mean, there's multiple things you can do, but it's, it's going back to what you said. If you're in love with one of those quarterbacks, then you don't pass them up. You just right. go ahead and do it. But right. if you're not, if you have any questions, make the deal. And, you know, Trevor Sikkim sat in that chair yesterday, PFF. His mm-hmm. latest mock is kind of a thought experiment. He explained, you know, I, I just traded Washington twice. I tra- he went back to 12 with okay. Denver okay. and then went up to 10 to get McCarthy. And you still wind up with a quarterback, a right. hall, et cetera, potential control of some future drafts i'd probably rather do that with denver because i think uh i think that uh you know they're going to be worse than vegas in the long term but is uh is what it is all right uh q myers you can listen more of the vegas side of things on raider nation radio uh and then of course uh espn radio 10 a.m to or sorry 10 p.m to 1 a.m weeknights nationally uh espn radio app etc q good to do it it's uh, always good, my is man. This is the first time you've been on one of my shows after all yes. these years. About <laughs> I returned the favor finally. I, I, it, about a 78 more, and we'll be even. But hey, there you go. They're going to be this good. We'll, we'll do it again tomorrow. All right, uh, that's Q Myers with us here on the Hoffman Show live on Radio Row. That is our final chat from Indianapolis. I got no more in the bag, at least on the. Uh, well, well, that's actually not true. I got no more on the radio side. Uh, but, but, but. On Take Command on Monday, one of the best football conversations we've ever had, we went deep on quarterback with Nate Tice of The Athletic and Yahoo Sports. Uh, Me, Logan, Nate, and to be honest, I just sat back and tried to let those guys talk as much as possible and then occasionally interjected a a thought for them to, to chew on, spit out, digest. I guess you don't spit out, then digest. You either do one or the other. The point is... It was a fantastic conversation. If you're not subscribed to Take Command, um, we did our annual crossover episode. Uh, my, my fitness podcast, the Train With The Best podcast, crossover with uh, Take Command because the, the combine is where performance training and football meet. So we talked about guys like Marvin Harrison choosing not to work out, uh, not just at the combine, but period, and, and just focus on training for football. Like, what does that actually look like, the implications of the decision, and then uh, the training itself? So very cool special episode is out now on Take Command and on the Train with the Best Feed. Um, and then Monday, the conversation with Nate Tice, the last one we have from Indianapolis overall. You missed any of the ones here on the radio, though, make sure you check out, again, the YouTubes and the podcast when we get back, final order of business of the day, real things, real people said, into real microphones. Wrap it up here on the Hoffman Show. It's the Team 980. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. You can stream us on YouTube at the Team 980. Um, but what a week. Um, bad news today. Uh, Charles Leno released... Um, big cap savings for the commanders there also puts a gigantic hole at left tackle there also makes you wonder what they do with Andrew Wiley um, whether it's keep him cut him move him inside um, you know all of a sudden if you need two starting tackles like that's that's a big deal in free agency where this tackle class isn't loaded uh, and obviously you're gonna have other ideas with your top pick 
Um, you know, you wonder if that makes moving down or something more enticing, uh, trading back into the first round, uh, you know, now all of a sudden, do you feel like you need to package one of those two second rounders and something later or something future for an extra first rounder this year? Um, you know, not, not, uh, to replace two or as part of a trade down with two, but do you move up, uh, from the top of the second back into the first and whatever cost that is to get a Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma, um, someone like that that is is more of a starting caliber tackle from day one in this draft, especially when some tackles could get pushed down because of the the insanity of the wide receiver class and obviously uh, as many as four quarterbacks going in top 10. It looks like as of now with J.J. McCarthy having a, a great week at the NFL Combine and we'll see how he throws this weekend. So we've had news and then obviously, you know, spent some of the week in Indianapolis. Um the interviews we had, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, let's see if I can pull this up real quick. How many people did we talk to this week? Uh, let's see. Ben Sandig, JP Finley, Lance Zerline. Uh, we had our round table with Ben Solak and, and, uh, Brooke Pryor. Nikki Javala was there. Uh, we went to, oh, we talked to Sam Fortier, uh, about Adam Peters and Cliff Kingsbury or Adam Peters and Dan Quinn, what they said. Uh, we talked to Trevor Sikama, pro football focus. Uh, we talked to Nick Baumgartner of the athletic Matt Miller, of ESPN, Jordan Reed of ESPN. Um, yeah, we had an insane week on radio row out there in Indianapolis. Um, Tom Pelissero, uh, NFL network. Couldn't, can't forget him, Andrew Siciliano. So the guests that we've had on today's show, um, and I'm just really appreciative of everybody. Um, I'm really appreciative of the support you guys give us as listeners, uh, of the PR people that help set a lot of that stuff up, of uh, Ant and and Metal Chris and Vic, uh, all of whom are different people running the show this week uh, as, as Ant was on vacation and I was obviously then out, and that's, that's just chaos. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I appreciate everyone... Uh, you know, CK, our boss's support. Always thank the boss in your speech, kids. Uh, not that I'm giving a speech right now. This is the last segment of our radio show. The point is, it's been a good week. We had a lot of great stuff. You got all weekend to listen to it um, on the podcast feed if you like. Um, I, this weekend, will finally be participating in this race that I've been talking about for so long, High Rocks. So uh, if you want to see a cool fitness event, come out and buy a spectator ticket at the convention center in D.C. Uh, and somewhere in the 2 to 3 o'clock range, you'll see me and my wife running around, uh, lunging, th throwing a ball at a wall, uh, pushing sleds, running some more, skiing, rowing, all kinds of fun stuff. So we'll have a full report on whether or not I died on Monday. Yeah, that's... Um, if I show up Monday, things, things went well. Uh, if I, if I don't, well, you know what happened. Uh, also shout out to, to my guy, David Megida, uh, racing tonight in the elite 15 race. Uh, that's a, that's a YouTube situation if you want to watch it. Um, and then if you want to see the slower version, you come, you come watch, uh, the regular folks, the rest of us tomorrow running around the DC convention center. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be a great weekend. Um, really, really pumped. And, uh, yeah, that's, I'm, that's where my mind is wandering too, as this show is ending, but the show is not over yet. No, no. We have one more thing to take care of is the way we end basically every show. It is time for real things. Real people said into real microphones, real things. We're not going to be said this year. Real people. Five and 11. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know, the culture is actually damn good. Oh, that's what I heard. I heard the culture. Damn good. Damn good. All right. Uh, we got all kinds of quarterback stuff from Indy. We got kind of fun stuff from Indy. But I actually want to start 
Uh, no, we'll end with the John Wall podcast. Yep, you heard what I said. We're going to end with the John Wall podcast. No, we're going to start, though. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, did he did he let something slip? Did he let a little piece of commander strategery of Cliff Kingsbury's offense out of the bag? Just the overall energy. You know, I, it was my first one, so I was, like, super nervous. I'm not going to lie. And uh, sweating a little bit. And, you know, Coach Quinn was just awesome. I got to talk to... Uh, Mr. Peters right before the meeting and you know just a great vibe very welcoming and you know going through the clips and everything and coach Cliff Kingsbury was just like hey if you get a matchup out here and you really like it could you just you know switch it to go on the outside and it was something like I wish just little stuff like that and uh, you know it was just great to meet them great to you know talk ball with them not a lot of fun doing uh, hey, hey! If you got one on one on the outside, can you can you chuck that thing? What, you can't. That's an option in our offense. Cliff's air raid roots. Yeah, yeah. You get that matchup on the outside. It's not really know if it's air raid. It's just like that's Cliff. Hey, we got a matchup. Go ball. Let's do it. My guy versus your guy. Your guy's gonna lose. Uh, and I do wonder if that's gonna become a bigger part of Washington's offense. It's something that I think that Terry desperately wanted last year not just because he's a receiver and all receivers want the football and all receivers want go balls because they want to score long touchdowns uh but because it, he thought it would help their offensive line like hey just throw that thing up there predetermined you let you pre-snap not predetermined but like predetermined based off the pre-snap i'm one-on-one they're coming with the blitz we know it's one-on-one just throw it i'll go get it or i'll make sure they don't get it and so I, I do think that could be a part of their offense. Um, I don't know if that's actually that revealing, but I thought it was funny that McCarthy, uh, who played for Jim Harbaugh uh, at, at Michigan, uh, was like, yeah, no, that's that's not quite how Coach Jim Den thinks. Uh, other fun bits from the podium today. USC quarterback, presumptive number one pick, Caleb Williams to USC wide receiver Brendan Rice. Uh, a couple of funny ones here. Right, somebody got a question. Hey, hey, um... How, did it, how does it feel to be Jerry Rice's son? I have, a, I have another question. After. How do you feel to be Jerry's son? Yeah. Man, it feels even better to be a man with Caleb Williams. Okay, all right, all right. My second question is, now I'm going to back this guy. Why should they draft you as a fantasy player? Should you be a wide receiver one or you know, should you be the flex player? Ooh. Obviously, me and you, shoot. Well, when we have 45 catches and 12 touchdowns, that's, that's unheard of. That's something like that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb seems like a fun guy. Uh, and by the way, so does Brendan Rice. Uh, that sound courtesy of Colton Pouncey, Nikki uh, Javala uh, there in Indy to capture that first bite that we played for you. Uh, yeah, plenty of fun stuff from Caleb. Also, uh, more, I don't say serious, but like more substantive stuff from Caleb Williams. This one's from Nikki again on Williams' decision to not participate uh, in even the parts of the combine that most people participate uh, in, the medical. Um, not throwing, not doing medical, not working out. Why? Caleb Williams with the answer. Yeah, so for the medical stuff, I'll be doing the medical stuff, just not here in Indy. I'll be doing it at the team interviews. Um, you know, not 32 teams can draft me. Uh, there's only one of me. Um, and so uh, the teams that I go to for my visit, um, you know, those teams will have the, the medical and, and, and that'll be it. Will you go to 30 some game? So I talked about this earlier in the show but i love this from caleb williams um and i think for now every 
I would say almost every other player can't do this because almost every other player is going to be drafted by one of the 32. Um, now, in this particular draft, like a Drake May, a Marvin Harrison, like there's a couple guys that you know they're going top five. But even then, like, let's say you're guaranteed to be the top five pick, but, you know, the Chiefs call your agent and are like, hey, we want to do medical because we really like your guy. And like, we might, like, we're going to explore a trade up. Like, I know it's far-fetched, but like, we want to just know because we're doing our due diligence and like, we think your guy's sick and we're going to be willing to give up our next two first rounders for him uh, if, if someone will bite. You have to probably then do the medical for the Chiefs. And so you wind up just doing it at the combine. But at the end of the day, it is your private medical information. And like, it's medical information like everything else is medical information. So at the end of the day, for uh, Caleb Williams, like, I get it here. I get being like, nah, man, we're not, we're not gonna play games with my private medical information. Um, we're not, and it's not even play games. Like, we're not just gonna give that away because that's how it's always been done. And anyone could draft me. Like, I know the Bears are drafting me or the Commanders or like one of five other teams. So if we make the determination that there's real interest and that they could come up to that number one pick, um, and we go on a visit, we'll do the medical with them. But every team doctor is not poking and prodding me. And I have a ton of respect for that. Um, and good for Caleb Williams. Um, all right. Last two funny ones. First, Jason Licht uh, found uh, Connor Rogers from Sports Illustrated because Connor Rogers thought the Bucks, uh, Jason Licht, or sorry, Jason Light, the uh, Bucks GM, they, he, he thought they were going to suck last year. Jason Connor from SI, how are you? Hey, good, Connor. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How's everything? Good. Yeah, we. Uh, we no, no, we just we won a lot more games than what he uh, predicted us to get last oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you had, you had us for two. I haven't I, hanging up. I haven't hanging up in my really? office. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to, wait till I tell my boss. Like, so I'm, I was hoping that you were going to uh, say that we're going to win eight this year. So does that mean that we're going to win? <laughs> we got to multiply by. Yeah, so and you guys are two, and the Patriots are the eleven. So the rubric's off. <laughs> I'm glad I finally got to meet you. What do we say? We got to go back to the drawing board. We have to look at the film. That's what we have to do. <laughs> Connor took that well. Good job, Connor. Uh, also, great job, Jason Light. That's hilarious. Um, you know, we get stuff wrong sometimes. We is me. Sometimes it's me. All right, last but not least, this is this is funny. Uh, Boogie Cousins was on John Wall's podcast. What a sentence. Welcome to 2024. And uh, they talked about John's one year at Kentucky uh, and, and what happened in the NCAA tournament. And it involves a current NBA head coach and Boogie not being psyched about it. Yes, Coach Joe Mazzula. Like, that game right there, bro, like, it's still to this day. Like, I be, ugh. Y'all know Joe Mazzula was guarding me in the back of that 131, right? Yes. And y'all motherfuckers wanted to keep shooting <laughs> threes, bro. I'm I like, give shot. me the ball. Bro. I was supposed to have... I was supposed to have 45 that game, brother. I had Joe Mazzula guarding me in the post. Man, that's good. You remember what I said to you after that game in the locker room when your ass was doing all that damn crying? I'm like, yo, what the f*** you crying for? You like, man, what you mean? We just, oh, I said, you the number one pick. What the f*** you crying for, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I failed this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be a little bit of the difference between John Wall and Boogie Cousins, that courtesy of the Point Game podcast presented by DraftKings. All right. 
that is our show for the week. That is our show, or for the day, that is our show for the week. Coming up next week, or NFL Draft Talk. We will have a full combine reaction on Monday. Uh, our conversation with Nate Tice from Take Command. We'll give you just a snippet of that here on the radio. Uh, and, and we'll see what else happens over this weekend. The Commanders made news, as we said, uh, at the top of the segment earlier today. He's talked about off the top of the show. Charles Leno uh, has been informed he's going to be released, so we might have more movement this weekend. It tends to happen this type of time of year. And there's other guys across the league getting these notices as well. So the, the kind of contour of the free agent market is ever-changing and this weekend's a big weekend for it. React to it all on Monday. See you then. It's Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Don't forget, Wizards, second of a back-to-back, late night tonight here on the Team 980 from Los Angeles.